This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a more thoughtful, human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room, from any room, with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. What is up, people, and welcome to Studio Day Heffrey, where I'm going to walk into a hornet's nest with this one. But I got a two-parter for you. One, we're going to talk about the Cowboys offensively. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott. And we're going to talk about the coaching change that I would like to see. And I'll start with the disclaimer. I don't like calling for people job radio or content for the most part. Because we don't see what people do on a daily basis. What we do is we use context clues of what we watch during football games. And we do our best to decide what needs to be done for the team to play better. And the first thing that I want to start with is Dak Prescott. And this one's going to get me killed and I'm cool with that. I'm an adult. I can handle it. I can handle it. Y'all can get mad at me. Because a lot of people are asking about Dak Prescott and today on the Twitter Uh, I was answering a couple of people's questions, and one of them was from a guy named Brandon. He said, think of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. How many would willingly not throw the ball to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb often? How much blame needs to go on Dak for that? And it's not an unfair question when your offense struggles for an extended period of time to place an amount of blame on pretty much everybody involved, right? And the quarterback's the most important player, so he's going to get some of it, and that's cool. No problem. This was not Dak's best year. This was not Dak's best work. At times, Dak looked hesitant, indecisive, missed reads, missed throws since the strained calf. Now, if you followed along here and on the show on G-Bag Nation, we try to keep you up to date with what's actually happening. Happening, Not just like recklessly going, that guy's terrible! Like after a six-year career of being a top seven quarterback, Uh, Your quarterback probably doesn't suck. Could he be better physically, and could he come into next year with more confidence just after a break, seeing how poorly the offense played, himself included, after the calf strain? Sure. But here is what I think is very important to realize, and here comes the Dak excuse from me. If your football team cannot block a four-man rush, And if your football team cannot run the ball against a light defensive box, it's going to be hard for your quarterback to get a bunch of numbers for your wide receivers. Do you know, remember the Amari Cooper touchdown? He was lined up in the slot and Dak threw him the touchdown, right? What happened on that play? The answer is, The 49ers didn't want to do the same thing on every play. So at some point you blitz, right? So they blitzed. They sent more than four guys. And Dak saw that in .2 seconds, and he threw a touchdown. Because he can read a defense. He can see what's happening. He's not perfect at it. But he can read a defense, and he can see what's happening. And if you bring extra people and give him a chance to find the right guy, he'll still do it. Life is hard when a four-man rush gets fifty gets pressure 50% of snaps, and that's what happened in the game against San Francisco. 
a guy named Bob, one of my mortal enemies on The Athletic, posted those numbers in an article that he wrote, and that is the highest pressure rate from four-man rushes the Cowboys have seen all year, and I don't know if any team has been worse, but 50% of the time, a four-man rush was getting pressure on your quarterback for the most part against six blockers, okay? So I've got six blockers against a four-man rush. Add in the quarterback, that's seven. So I got four guys going out in a route against seven guys. And when I do that, because it's a 50% pressure rate, the majority of the time I have to get the ball out in two seconds. So let's continue the math equation, shall we? I've got four guys in the route, sometimes three, sometimes two, but I'll say four just to give you the most options. I got four guys in the route. They're an 11 personnel, so it's probably three wide receivers in a route and either a tight end or a back, and the other one's probably helping to protect, right? And I'm getting pressured 50% of the time. If your goal is to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper while they're playing outside wide receiver, I would say, How? What's the plan? Now, if you're saying that you want Kellen Moore to have a better plan than Jeff Kavanaugh has, I am down with that. An offensive coordinator, I'd like to see you give me a chance to have some easy plays. But as we draw out seven guys in coverage and a four-man pass rush, which the 49ers did the vast majority of the time, as has every team the Cowboys have played in the last few months, when I drop back seven, I can draw you a diagram of how that looks. Are you prepared? You're prepared. Two guys are playing deep safety. Whoop. And in the case of the 49ers, a lot of times cheating outside so that CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, if you want to get vertical, there's a safety waiting for you, both of you. They're waiting for both of you. A corner who is playing underneath now knows that he has help over the top. So you want to throw a comeback, you want to throw a stop route, you want to throw whatever. Corner's going to be playing in your pocket, trailing, because if you go deep... Somebody else's job. They got me covered. So I'm playing underneath you. I'm playing right up in your grill and kind of underneath you, right? So that's going to be tough. Now I've got three more defenders who are dropping into zones in the middle of the field between my corners and in front of my safeties, which means what? Those three defenders are, for the most part, responsible for your slot guy, call it Cedric Wilson, and call it Dalton Schultz, your tight end. That's why Dalton Schultz has big numbers. That's why Cedric Wilson makes a lot of plays when he's playing. Because as the quarterback, when you've got no time, your outside receivers, if they go deep, the safety's on it. If you try to throw a comeback to the outside, the corner is on it and playing aggressively because he has help over the top. So now what you're really playing is three-on-two football with Schultz and Wilson against three guys dropping into a zone. And the easiest thing to do in that situation is have one of those two guys manage to split between two of those three defenders. So it's long-winded, but I think it's important to understand. If you think Dak sucks, you're wrong. If you think that he played below the standard you would set for your $40 million quarterback regardless of those circumstances, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that opinion. That's fine. Because you just you want guys um, to be difference makers. And I think he tries. He wants to make the big plays. He takes a snap. 
He's looking for a wide receiver. The read is immediately telling him if he's running an inside breaking route, sweet, there you're running towards the linebacker or the nickel corner. If it's a comeback route on the outside, sweet, the outside corner is aggressively playing that because he has help over the top. If you go deep, you got help over the top. So he wants those routes, but his read is telling him pretty darn quickly when he looks out there, nope, now it's on to the next one. And depending on what the next route is, a lot of those are nope, and now it's on to the next one, which ends up being Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard, Zeke, a check down, because that is what the defense has been dictating to you. So to me, the biggest reason that is happening, the biggest, biggest, is the offensive line. The offensive line regressed so hard this year during the season that I really struggle to explain it. So this goes back to my original premise, which is if you could make a coaching change on this staff, what would you do? And I'm just using the context clues of Tyron Smith is still a good football player. He had a bad outing against San Francisco. He's still a good football player. Zach Martin's incredible. Lyle Collins is a capable starter. Connor Williams has been a capable starter. And Tyler Biotish, I think, has gotten better. But we'll see if he's who you want to continue starting or if you could find an upgrade, right? You're going to find a new left guard. Maybe you'll move Lyle Collins. But that collection of dudes should not be allowing a 50% pressure rate against four-man rushes, and that collection of dudes should not be unable to block five guys and give you a chance in the run game. That shouldn't happen. And it definitely shouldn't happen consistently in almost every game where teams don't have to do very much at all to stop the Cowboys other than just say, drop seven, rush four. I think they got to do something along that offensive line. When Bill Callahan was here, you were going to be able to run the ball. You give a light box when Bill Callahan's your offensive line coach, you're going to be able to run the ball. When Frank Pollock was still here, I think they did a good job blocking, developing their offensive linemen, scheming the run game. This team, and Kellen Moore doesn't help because as everybody knows, a lot of the Cowboys run stuff is very unimaginative, very cut and dry, very simple. Not a lot of scaring you to the outside. Not a lot of scaring you with handing it to other guys. When there is motion at the snap, the one time in that game, The 49ers clearly knew your tendency in that scenario because Dre Greenlaw, the linebacker, beat Tyron Smith to the spot off of the ball. Like, he knew what was coming. You got to run it more creatively. You've got to block better. You've got to give your guys a chance because that's going to hurt Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Dak Prescott. That's who's going to hurt because it's hard to get playmakers the ball when they're double covered on the vast majority of snaps and there's help inside. Like, so you're running between a bracket and a deep safety if you're an outside wide receiver. So you have to wait for your opportunities to recognize, oh crap, I've got a chance here. It's man coverage. And when you did, touchdown. Slot fade, touchdown. So I don't mean this to say that Dak's amazing. Dak's perfect. The calf strain didn't bother him. He's super healthy and incredible. I mean this to say he didn't have much of a chance. And I will be optimistic that you have a top 10 quarterback. Odds are you have a top seven or eight quarterback when you get to playing football next year. 
if you can protect him at all. If you can protect, if you can run against a light box, which most teams in the league can run against a light box, you'll have a chance. So my coaching idea is I would love to see something done at the offensive line coach position. Try to also improve your talent level there, whether it's in the draft or free agency. But that is off-season step number one, is figure out how in the hell to block and how in the world could we not block a four-man rush up without giving up a 50% pressure rate? And how in the world can we not block five guys with five guys and run the ball? Figure that out. I think you'll have your really good quarterback back. Leave in the comments what you want to talk about tomorrow. I got a whole bunch of mailbag questions from you guys. I'll, maybe I'll handle up on that tonight. Make sure you're checking 1053thefan.com every day. And uh, I will see you at 2 to 7 on the G-Bag Nation with Brian Broaddus and Kevin Gray today. We're going to have a good, ourselves a good time. Remember, you have no idea what anybody's going through. Be cool to everybody. I love you. Bye.